those uh, beginning of the year or birthday exams that Laura was talking about are a delight for kids. They stretch and show how much they've grown. They can't wait to tell you what they've learned or what lies ahead for them. Review is not a problem when it's about a measuring stick for a child. But all too quickly, that turns into something that we fear instead of looking forward to, right? By the time these kids are 15, 16 years old, they'll be participating in a national test deciding whether they and their school are failing or succeeding. They'll move on to performance reviews that tell them whether they get raises or fired. They'll be subjected to weigh-ins, certainly the most disgusting thing ever invented by human beings. <laughs> Is there anything grimmer than that? Any, any better way? And then, at the beginning of the year, if we look back and we look ahead, how do you measure what is not measurable? How do you measure what's invisible because it's happening inside you? I had a beginning of the year um, encounter with God as I read Paul's second letter to the church in Corinth, chapter 4. It said this to me. Therefore, since we have our ministry because of the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. Apparently some of them were losing heart. Instead, we've renounced secret and shameful ways. We don't use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, we set forth the truth plainly, putting everyone's conscience in the sight of God. But the God of this age has blinded people's minds so they can't see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. For what we preach is not ourselves. Remember that, John. It's right there in the Bible. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and us as servants for Jesus' sake. God said, let light shine out of the darkness. And God made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of Christ. In other words, my job is to talk in ways that bring the light of God's good news into your hearts in ways that increase its shininess. And one of the ways we evaluate ourselves is whether there is more light or less. Let's continue in this passage up on the screen. 2 Corinthians 4. The the last thing says, God has put light out of darkness and makes his light shine in our hearts. Then he goes on, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. To show that the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. So first, he says it to the pastors, don't lose heart. Then he says it to the people, therefore, we don't lose heart. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So 
the unseen that we can't wrap a tape measure around or put on a scale is what really counts and it is invisible. This passage that God's light is put into our hearts to shine has been a powerful one for me over the years. Fourteen years ago, and I remember exactly when it was, we were in the old sanctuary, I preached this passage and I talked about how uh, the life of faith is God putting into our hearts his treasure. And we are like these beautiful clay jars. And, and I started to toss it around and then on purpose I, I dropped it. And it crashed, it exploded all over the chancel. I said, that's my problem. That's me. I'm not just cracked, I'm broken. And so if it's about how well I am polishing the jar, we're in trouble. And then I said, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the power is from God and not from us. And I, uh, I reached down and I laid it up the jar, so that the light that comes from the inside is what's seen. You can see it better up on the screen. And this is what we should focus on, not on the quality of the jar, but the quality of the light that God wants to bring into your heart and into mine. What if that means that... um, that the spiritual people are not the ones whose jars look the best? What if it's the people who have more cracks than others, but there is somehow light shining from the inside? That that that's what we're supposed to be talking about. This could be a, a community where we confess our brokenness instead of our togetherness. What if we were all cracked pots? What if growth looked like that and not a bigger, more beautiful jar in 2013? What if trouble and failure is what God uses most? He says we are hard-pressed, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. What if there is no master plan? The pastor always talks about, you memorize these six verses, you give this much money, you go on this mission trip, you'll grow spiritually. What if that's not right? What if there's a different plan for each one of us? And 2013 is a time for you to see that just as you are different than the person sitting next to you, God wants to grow you differently. John Ortberg talks about it this way. He says, God does it different. He had Abraham take a walk. He had Elijah take a nap. He had Joshua take a lap. God gave Moses a 40-year time out. He gave David a harp. He gave Paul a pen. God wrestled with Jacob, argued with Job, whispered to Elijah, warned Cain, and comforted Hagar. God gave Aaron an altar and Miriam a song. And God gave Gideon a fleece and Peter a new name. Jesus, Jesus was stern with the rich young ruler, but he was tender with the woman caught in adultery. He was patient with the disciples, but he was blistering with the priests. He was gentle with the children. 
And he was gracious, dying with the thief on the cross. God is not fair. Thank God. Thank God that God treats each one of us as if God knew us exactly. Never growing two people the same way. God is not a mass producer. God's a hand crafter. Trying to grow people spiritually without taking who you are into account is like trying to grow children on an assembly line. If you take an 80-pound gymnast and a 300-pound linebacker and treat them exactly the same, you'll end up with two useless 190-pound people who can neither go on the balance beam nor on the football field. The problem that most of us have is that you listen to the expert, maybe the pastor, Talk about what the pastor does, and then you think that's what you're supposed to do. And when it does not work for you, and it will not work for you, because you're a different person, you feel guilty or inadequate, and you give up for the year. Well, we're at the start of a new year. How could God help you to grow? How could the light shine more like into the darkness? How do we get there? This is your turn. I'm so glad to be part of a community that's willing to take some risks. Once a year we do that, and I ask you to take at the end of each of the aisles, there's a basket, and in the basket are envelopes and pens. I would ask each of you to take a pen and each of you to take an envelope. Just pass it down the aisle. (coughs) All of us are going to do two things. If you don't do anything else, I'd ask you to just do this. Um, There are two envelopes and a a little inventory inside. Address the outside envelope. Put your own address on the outside. If you want to send it to somebody else, that's fine. But it would be probably best if you send it to yourself. And then address the inside envelope. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain that in just a minute. But address the outside and the inside envelopes, if you would, please. Just put your uh, street address down. I'm going to do this myself so I can see how long it takes. Some of you are already done. Some of you are not going to do it. Some of you are still scrabbling. We'll give you plenty of time. Our mission statement is patterned around the idea that we want to be a community that brings light and life to the inside of your heart so that it can get out into the world. Whatever your age, wherever you are in We want to offer you the opportunity to see whether there is 
more or less light shining in the darkness. And while we believe that everybody is different, there are, we feel, some general categories that all of us could say, how am I doing? Not compared to the person next to me, but compared to how I used to be or how, I, how I'd like to be. So uh, we'd like to take the next ten minutes and do this together. Yeah, if you open it up, you'll see that there are all these uh, lines, and we've broken it up into three parts, our mission statement exactly. We want to inspire all generations to follow Jesus, to love others, to live missionally. How are you doing in those three areas? How are you doing when it comes to following Jesus? And what we've done is put a little scale there. If you're on the far right, you're Billy Graham. If you're on the far left, you're me. And, and, and so mark yourself on the, on the scale in there and, and, and look at whether you are able to receive God's love and forgiveness. What's your next step in that process? Just for a second. Stop, just, just for a second. When I, when I lifted this up, I said it had been 14 years since I did it. And the reason, the reason that I know that is because, uh, it's because after the service... Jim came up to me, and he said, this is my first day in this church. Is it always like this? <laughs> and I, I couldn't tell him any different. And, and he says, I, I, we came here for the first time as a family, and when you dropped the jar and it shattered, I started to cry. Because my wife and I are going to get divorced, I think. And a big part of that is because our child, who sits between us, is breaking both of our hearts. And when you dropped the jar, I was so glad I could stop pretending. So when you talked about God coming into our hearts, I just sat there and I said, Jesus, Jesus, please help me. John, I just wanted you to know that. The first part of light on the inside is deciding to follow Jesus on the way. Admitting you're a cracked pot and asking Jesus to help. And then learning about the character and priorities of Jesus. And, and then following Jesus. Not just out of duty, but maybe as a way that this is the way he wants us to live. Following Jesus means learning to talk to God. Learning to listen. Listening for God to speak to us through the Bible to direct my way to be his way. And then... I believe that part of following Jesus is coming here and being reinforced. How are you doing in any of that? What I'd suggest we do in each of these three areas is to, uh, is to mark with uh, a plus sign one of them. That, that shows that I know I'm not where I should be, I'm not where I could be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. Okay? Is there any one of these that you feel like in the last year you're doing better? I, I put down for me that uh, as a fairly perfectionistic person, I, I feel like I've made a little progress in receiving God's grace this year. Put whatever it is for you. And then it, look back and say, if there were one of these that I would want to be better at, which one would it be? All of them, of course. But which one strikes me right now? And just circle that number. 
We follow Jesus, we love others, we live missionally. When we, uh, when we say that, that we love others, it, that's a tangible expression of how we're trying to love God. Uh, yesterday, um, yesterday afternoon, uh, Rich and the lay team did a funeral for a 23-year-old young man. Killed in an accident, not a part of this church. And hundreds of young men and young women came in here with tears in their eyes, needing love and hope. And you, many of you in this community, offered them Kleenex and hugged them. You made them cookies and lemonade and coffee. You offered for them not just prayers, but song. Many of them walked out of here feeling loved. As we live that kind of life, are we demonstrating compassion for the people that are hurting? Do you feel like your faith ever affects your family relationship? Do you actually ask for forgiveness ever? Does your faith affect your work? Would you ever pray for your boss? Are you part of a group that encourages you to grow? Or in relationship with somebody, other than your spouse if you're married, somebody who will tell you the truth? And when I say forgiveness, who do you think of? So again, if having more light on the inside is learning to love God by following Jesus and love others... Which of these would you put a plus next to? That in small ways, maybe you are doing a little bit more. Which of these would you most like help with? My, uh, one of my mentors is a a dead man named George MacDonald, an author, and he said there is nothing so dangerous to the soul as the constant touching of holy things. In other words, the ones most in danger of losing their soul are the pastors. So I circled on mine that I I wanted this year to have my faith impact my work. Not my blah, 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 blah talk, but my weak work. Let's talk uh, for a minute about this third aspect of living missionally. Because we say here, we want people to live missionally. We do not want you to become missionaries in the Congo. We do not think this means that you should get up on a corner in North Minneapolis and start haranguing people. Instead, we believe that missionary living is what happens when people with the light in their cracked lives walk out of this building and meet other people. Whether that is Mission Chicago that our youth just got back from, or families moving forward where they came in and we serve the homeless, or one of you turning to a co-worker and saying, I'll pray for you. That's missional. Do you feel this year like you have used any of the gifts that God has given you to serve others? Would anybody ever know? Would anybody ever know that you know Jesus. I mean, I'm sure people would know that you're a nice person, but that just makes you from Minnesota. Well, they know that Jesus is involved. Either because you can tell them your own story or because you would invite them. Do people see a difference in your character from who you used to be to who you're becoming? 
The second of the last one is interesting. Are you starting to honor your God with your spending habits? And it says giving here. What if we substituted the word generosity? Are you a more generous person than you were a year ago? Regardless of how much you have left over. And have you gotten out of your comfort zone to serve anybody else? Those are just some signs of missional living. And again, put a plus next to anything that you feel good about. Anything. Any one thing. And maybe, if there's something that you feel like you'd like to be becoming, you'd like to see that light shining, what would you circle? Okay, the last panel says next steps. I used to say, we've been doing this for about four years. I used to say, write down one thing in each of these. Follow Jesus, love others, live missionally. Don't do that. Because you won't do that. Just write down one. Look back here. Write down one. That you would, by the grace of God, on the 4th of July, think about again. Or next Labor Day, say, oh yeah. Think of one that tomorrow you would want to believe is starting to happen in you. So now comes the hard part where we have to follow instructions. Do not lick the envelopes. Do not lick the envelopes. It's very easy. Take the inventory, and just put it with the small envelope and then put them both in the big envelope. Make sure that, there's a, that it's addressed. Here's what we're going to do. Nobody's going to look at this. Nobody, this is you and God. All we want to do is take it, run it through a copy machine, and make an extra copy for you. We'll send you the original by the end of the month. The other one, the other copy, nobody will see until Christmas when we mail that to you. How many of you received one? Anybody get one this? Yeah, about a third of you did this last year and and we sent it to you so you had a chance to say, how's this going? Sometime in the last quarter of the year, we'll send this out as a reminder to you. Now on the front, there is one uh, way that nobody's going to look at this unless you want us to. It says, I'd like to have my inventory reviewed by a pastor and elder. Probably a thousand of you did this last year, handed them in. And probably 600 of you said, I'd love it if one of you would pray for me. Or give me a a sentence of advice. And we took all 600 of those and our staff and our elders, Laura and I, read each of them that wanted them to be read and just wrote a note that said we were praying for you. If you'd like that, we would be delighted to do that. Otherwise, it's just between you and God. As you leave today... The ushers will have baskets at the back door and you can just drop these in. That would, be, that would be great. We're trying to do this toward the beginning of the year because we believe that, as I said in my prayer, just like the snow gives us a new start, God wants to give all of us a new start. That when the light goes out, God wants to refresh it. When I have messed up again, God wants to remind me that I am beloved, just like you.